podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Welcome back to another episode of the Euro Incision podcast. We are coming to you today to discuss the Champions League role and joining me on this podcast. We're just here for the vibes. It's Guy Drinkle. Guy, how are you? Uh, not good. <laughs> not good. After uh, that draw. Not after that draw. So you know what? Let's go there. Let's talk about um, the draw. Um, uh, we'll go through it real quick. Liverpool versus Real Madrid. Bruges versus Benfica, Leipzig versus Man City, Milan versus Tottenham, Frankfurt versus Napoli, Borussia Dortmund versus Chelsea, Inter versus Porto, PSG versus Bayern Munich. Guy, um, your instant reaction to that, because some of these draws, certainly the PSG, Bayern Munich and Liverpool Real Madrid are certainly, certainly giving me COVID season football vibes in terms of matchups. Oh, well, it's fixed. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Possibly. It, it was a strange one because obviously uh, PSG Bayern was the last one. I was looking at it like, this is all a bit Europa league to me, apart from our game, obviously. And mm. then they just pull that rabbit out of the hat and it's like, OK, at least we've got two relatively interesting games. I think some of them might be quite close. But yeah, I mean, our game and the PSG Bayern game are clearly the ones that stand out. And I'd probably say save the draw from being a bit farcical really I, I know it's, it's not, I hope it's not fixed but um, do you know what it reminds me of you know that season when it was Covid season in terms mm. of the football was just awful and there was no fans I'm pretty sure Real Madrid knocked us out in the quarterfinals and I'm pretty sure PSG beat Bayern Munich I am certain it does ring a bell because I didn't chop didn't wasn't Lewandowski injured and Chopper Martin missed about seven sitters or something? Yes, like and Mbappe kind of was on his, uh, he scored a magnificent goal as, as he always does. But mm-hmm. anyway, we'll, we'll get into all that. But yeah, it does seem a bit like, oh my gosh, really? So, right, let's go there, Guy Drinkle. Liverpool are facing their nemesis in Champions League football in the sense that we can't quite beat them in the final. Now we have a two-legged affair to maybe put things right, but as we've alluded to, we have played them in the past over two legs, albeit it was square pegs and round holes then. Pretty much the same this year. How are you feeling? <laughs> uh, devastated. <laughs> this is the worst. Oh, just, I think, did we speak on last week's that I wanted to avoid Bayern Munich for the Sadio Mane stuff and I wanted to avoid Real Madrid because they're Real Madrid. I would have snapped your hand off for Bayern Munich over Real Madrid. Um, yeah, they're just a horror show, aren't they? Because they're basically, they've just got something. I think every team has a, has their own competition. I think we have the Champions League, obviously. United have the Premier League for so many years. 
But us having the Champions League is very different to Real Madrid having the Champions League. They have a stranglehold on this competition, especially yeah, especially in the last decade or so. I know they've won loads before that, but was it like two thousand and two or three? Yeah, they were they were stuck yeah. on nine for ages, weren't they? Yeah. They noticed they did it, and then they were just waiting and waiting, and then they bought the likes of you know Jose Mourinho, and they bought all those players, and then. Obviously, it's Carlo Ancelotti who got them the La Decima, and then they just kick-started from there. Zidane took them to another level. And they just made it their own. And I agree with you, Kai, because what I find really, really staggering about Real Madrid in this competition is they just seem to never, ever die in, in a game. Like, we saw what they did last season, you know, the last-ditch goals against, you know, the PSGs and, you know, turning that tie over, what they did to Chelsea... The way they sucker punched Man City, you know, Grealish was a sitter and then, you know, I think it was Rodrigo off the bench just showing yeah. so his absolute clinical, what what they are all about. But they just seem to get better and better. I mean, it is a long way away and hopefully we should have some players in. I mean, but like, we're just rambling like there is no structure to this part. It's just two friends talking and having a therapy session. And listeners, you're welcome to join in, by the way. So, Guy, I mean, you know, it's... It's been drawn now, but the complexion of where Liverpool can be could be very, very different come, you know, February time. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll have to be as well, because Real Madrid, would you say Real Madrid have the best midfield in the world? The Muscles. They are good. They have, you know, like, the fact that, you know, they bought Vinicius Junior and, like, the way they kind of turned... You know what scares me about them? They are probably the best team in terms of transitional play, the way they just turn it over into yeah. a counter. They are devastating and they've just got players that can pick a pass. They've got Vinny Junior who has punished us in the past and continues to punish teams. They've got Karim Benzema, Ballon d'Or winner. I mean, I'm sorry, I need to shut up. I'm giving probably listeners a lot of anxiety. But <laughs> I'm Yeah, sorry, I'm just spitting facts here. You know, the fact that they've still got the legendary Luka Modric who can still do bits. Yeah, and I think the almost the most worrying thing is I think if it was just if it was just if it was Modric and Cruz, you feel like maybe if we get some fresh blood in midfield, we can maybe just out physical them, yes, and, and just out power them. But then they've, they've added in Chua many for for and new Cam, and then they've got Camavinga, Camavinga who's been yeah, yeah. Freddie Valverde, I know he's playing kind of on the right at the minute, but he may be the most informed midfielder in the world by all accounts. So they've got this perfect mix of basically some of the best midfielders of the last generation who are still performing at a top level. And then basically three of the best young midfielders in the world. And by all accounts, probably not in January, obviously, for this game, but they're rumoured to be wanting to add like Jude Bellingham to that. They just, they've just got that part of the pitch done perfectly. Like, it's a blueprint for every team in the world how you want to refresh your midfield. It's terrifying, us, but yeah, I think a lot got of that. The likes of Asensio and all yeah. these kind of players is disgusting. Actually, the riches that they actually have. Absolutely, absolutely. And you think of the lads like they're like Odegaard, really high quality. He could get a kick. He could get a kick yeah. at Real Madrid. But yeah, I think a, quite a lot will depend on what we do in January, and it, if we do in January is probably the bigger question because if we go in with our current like that, not to be harsh, and it is kind of harsh, but. I saw a tweet saying, waiting for Harvey Elliott to run out of the burner on you. We'll be all, like, got overawed in the um, San Siro last season. Real Madrid against the best, most experienced midfield in Europe. It, that sort of stuff terrifies me. 
<laughs> I think the uh, the options of playing are more experienced lads, unless there's a big turnaround in, in the in the World Cup break. It might he might even be worse than playing some of the young lads there. So yeah, we, we may need to go big and jam to compete with that midfield. So. I mean, just going back to the Champions League final, I mean, I know it was really, really unsavory, you know, the build-up to the game and stuff. And mm-hmm. I think, you know, that kind of um, filtered down to the players, to the fans, obviously, with what they, um, you know, endured. And it was absolutely disgusting and horrific. And um, and again, like, you know, just going back to that final, like, I just felt like we weren't on it. Like, you know, like, it was a one-off game. This is a two-legged game. And how do you feel, like, in terms of, well, the last time we played them, it wasn't overly great. Um, it's not it's not great, is it? I mean, I remember that game, and I just, I remember looking at that lineup, and I was like, you know what, don't start Luis Diaz, bring him on later, because, you know, that defence will get tired. Let Roberto Firmino run at them, let them work him out a bit, and then bring on Luis Diaz and run at them. And I felt like what happened was um, uh, Luis Diaz was kind of... Um, they had their number on him a bit and I felt like he just kind of tired out in the game, you know, like it, it became like a, a thankless task for him. But I just noticed little battles that weren't quite happening. And I know in the previous pod, you highlighted Ibrahima Konate against Benzema and, you know, how, how incredible he was in that Champions League final. But it's it's going to require like a performance like the way we played Man City over two legs. Now, fortunately... Jurgen Klopp and how he is as a, as a as a manager, he's all about you know like a, a te- you know trying to play a team over two legs. I know we lost to them in that COVID season of football, but we were without big big players. Nat Phillips against Ben. It's not it's not common that one to be fair, Nina. No. So I mean, I mean, does that give you some kind of confidence? The fact that we are a bit of a cup competition kind of team. I think yeah, I, I think I'd rather play them over two legs than one leg because they are just the personification of a clutch team, aren't they? I, I think that's what they've pro- proven in well the last decade really in this competition. So yeah, two legs. I'm not sure if it favours us, but I think it'll make it more competitive. Competitive might be the wrong word, but it might even the playing field slightly because I think the issue in in the final. Other than more getting injured twice, he kind of got hurt in the one, didn't he? And obviously Thiago mm. was injured in the warm up, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, it just maybe because in the final, it always comes to me we're overly cautious. Not just the Champions League final, we saw that in the we saw it in the League Cup and the FA Cup final as well. Mm. Obviously we had chances and stuff like that, but it was always don't lose. Don't lose, don't lose, don't lose. Play penalties. Yes, pretty, well, basically, especially if it's Chelsea. <laughs> um, but against Real Madrid, like, the, fi- the the recent final, we had chances, but I think Courtois made, he made a good he made a good save from Mane from the edge of the box, didn't he? And then he made that oh, really Oh, said man of the match. I remember it comes to something when their goalkeeper's man of the match and then Vinicius Junior punishes us. Sorry, mm-hmm. yes, I remember. I do remember. Yeah. And... So he's made he's made two really good saves, and I think he made a handful of other saves that you'd probably expect a keeper of his quality to make. But it always felt like we were playing a bit because we were dom- dominating the game, or maybe Real were letting us have the ball basically. But it never really translated into frequent good opportunities. It always felt like it needed a moment of magic from from the forwards, and we nearly got that from from Mo and, and Mane in that game. And you mentioned Diaz; he was kind of 
having the thankless task of well getting doubled up. Carvio had the best game yes. that had, had, in, yes. had ever. Yeah, they really did double up on him. They yeah. did that homework on yeah. him. Yep, I'd agree on that. So if we, I think if we fix the connection to our team, because I think we were burnt out by by the end of the season and the start of this bloody season. Um, but yeah, I think if we have this rest, fresh blood in January, hopefully, um, and just a bit of the spark, because I don't want it to be more and Darwin have to skin four people to get an opportunity on arguably the best keeper in the world, or certainly, I think it's, for me, it's between him and Ali, as the best keeper in the world. Um, so, yeah, just because it's two legs, I think we can, obviously, if we're behind or ahead, it depends on them, but if we're needing a goal, just just go at them. Teams can hurt. Them. Like they, I know it wasn't the, their exact first team, but they conceded three to Leipzig. Even Celtic got a couple opportunities against them. Um, the drew to Girona the other day. Obviously, a lot will change in these months. But you can get at a team like this. La Liga team. I know La Liga teams have dominated Europe for basically in all the competitions for yes. the last fifteen odd years or whatever. But they should not be out physically us. Like the, Valverde is like an outlier. I know two men in Camavinga are, are new blood. But go Uber Premier League and just go at them. Let them experience something they don't experience week to week. I think that's yeah. how we have to get at them. Yeah, I think we have to play a fast game. We have to play our game, not play their game. I think that's crucial. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think, Guy, what, how do you feel about, obviously, the, the first leg being at Anfield as well? Obviously, um, the the group winners get the advantage of playing the home legs, um, uh, you know, as as the second, um, you know, basically, um, mm-hmm. the, the home... Yeah, as a safety blanket. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? I mean, um, Liverpool um, will have to... I mean, atmosphere will be absolutely electric, and uh, you'd hope so. But Liverpool will have to be absolutely clinical at Anfield, I think, you know, to kind of just create any kind of um, damage or threat on this Real Madrid team. I think it's good that we're at, the, we're at Anfield first, because if you... Go- it's a clean slate, isn't it? It's yeah. Just, yeah, I get that. Because I think if we... Obviously, our Anfield record leads aside is still very good, even in the, even in the shit show of the season. Um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a nice start. You can almost like rely on going into the first game because I think the worst thing possible, and I, I don't think we're ever out of a tie, obviously, the Barcelona game. But coming to Anfield... It's 4-1 down or something stupid, you know, yeah, I get that. There's only so many times you can go to the well, I think. Yeah. And I don't think Real Madrid are as classy as, as Barcelona were, well, are in the last few years. Um, so, yeah, I think it's good that we get in the landfield, hopefully have a positive result, and then we can take something to the Bernabeu. I think the only thing is that it doesn't seem to matter with Real Madrid. No, they don't, they, don't yeah. they don't give a shit. They don't give a shit. Basically, I think they just hear the Champions League music and then just turn into like some anime character, like a Super Saiyan or something like yeah. that. It's just like Christ alive. Three one down is fine. We'll take it to ours. You know, like they're yeah. really unfazed by it. I I will agree with you on that one. It's just strange. It's just strange. maybe we just don't play the Champions League music. It's out of respect for something. Uh, moment of silence. Someone take one for the team. Um, yeah. But it is, yeah, Anfield first. I think that's good in this situation. 
But I think if there's any one team in the Europe who probably won't be phased by Anfield on a midweek ruckus atmosphere. I've said I don't know why I've said ruckus. That might be the first time I've said ruckus in my life. Um, but ruckus there you atmosphere, go. yeah, every day. Um, it, it will be Real Madrid, but yeah, I, I'd probably prefer having Anfield first. And I don't want to say surviving the leg because I think we can beat Real Madrid. It's just they've caused everyone so much pain in the last few years. It's just make it keeping it keeping the leg alive. I think that's what we need. Obviously, we may be a completely different team by February. We may have actually like learned how to play football again. Um, but yeah, Anfield first. Keep it going. I'll just win 5-0. That'd be nice. Are you that person who has everything? The coolest merch and those must-have fan threads? Well, over at our Anfield Index shop, we've gone that extra mile when it comes to pimping up your Liverpool collection. From our popular range of bespoke design t-shirts, sweaters, hoodies and hats, to our signature edition mugs, prints and coasters, all provided with fast worldwide shipping. We have something for every red. We also stock official LFC merchandise and are licensed with the Premier League and UEFA to sell official iron-on shirt badges and sleeve patches. As a listener to this podcast, you can get 10% off everything with coupon code AIPRO10. Just head over to AnfieldIndex.shop or find us on Etsy by searching for Anfield Index. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of having little flashbacks and it was a different team, but it reminds me of the season we drew Bayern Munich. And was that the home leg? Was the Anfield leg first there? We drew nil-nil and then, yes. we had to, yeah, you know, like, and again, like, if Liverpool draw nil-nil, it's not like the be, it's not the end all, but you just kind of want the, you, you just want the whole, um, assurance of, you know, the Reds to be absolutely dominating. And also, you know what, for themselves as well, because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it from like a psychological perspective as well. Like, oh God, we've lost to these lot twice in a final, you know, and the fact that they can actually beat them over 90 minutes in a game would stem a lot of confidence in the team, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's really important as well, given the fact that, you know, you know, two Champions League final losses at their hands. At least we don't play them in the final if we get through. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's the incentive, yeah. boys. Yeah. Beat them over two legs, you won't have to face them in the final. Yeah. If we beat Real Madrid, we're the favourites of the Champions League. That's what we're saying. Um, yeah, that's probably the main thing. Yeah, I think we obviously discussed that. I think over two legs probably suits us against Real Madrid. Yeah, Real Madrid. But, yeah, maybe everyone has a bonus team, don't they? Everton have us. Aston Villa have United before yesterday. Um, Real Madrid don't seem to have one. Um, maybe, hopefully, we can become that. Um, Barcelona have us and Roma. Um, so, yeah. But they've got to end at some point. Because when was the last time we beat Real Madrid? Was it 2009 or 2008 when we played them? Yeah. 2009 it was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It was the Gerard bubble. It was when we, when we had like those gold fest where we absolutely, yeah. I think, hammered United, hammered Madrid and Villa all in, in the space of like a small amount. And, uh, the Decena week. <laughs> yes, it was the Decena week. And obviously, it's also worth noting that Real Madrid were an absolute shambles then. So, oh, yes. yeah, so, yeah, completely different here, different prospects. But 
yeah, um, I think we're. I think being the underdogs might massively favour Liverpool as mm-hmm. well because obviously the massive underdogs. I'm looking at the teams that they've kind of played where they've delivered a performance this season. And Man City is a standout for me mm-hmm. in 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 the in the charity shield or the uh, the community shield, and of course in the league. And that's where Liverpool bought there. So I think again being underdogs. I mean, I think that suits Liverpool. There's no pressure because nobody's really expecting them to win. And that's yeah. where Klopp maybe produces his magic. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think we've had a couple odd games. The two-legged quarter-final, Real Madrid, were the biggest, the biggest of favourites in that game. Um, and it didn't seem to phase them. But there was certain um, issues at Liverpool that made it unsurmountable. Um, but 17-18, it may just have been a Liverpool bias, but it felt like people were almost, not backing, but thinking Liverpool are on such a roll since they got Van Dijk and stuff like that, maybe the momentum will just carry. But Real Madrid showed the quality when Mo got injured. Um, last summer, um, I think we were the favourites. Um, other than it being Real Madrid, I think everyone thought Liverpool just declare a better team since the turn of the year. They've probably been the best team in the world. Um, so, yeah, this might be the first time we're clearly coming in as underdogs in a game against Real Madrid in, in the Klopp era. Um, so yeah, that, that will be quite interesting because I think obviously the narrative in England is England teams are superior Premier League, superior etc. But this is Real Madrid. They, they should, regardless if they're 18th in La Liga or first in La Liga, if it's a Champions League game, they should be the favourites. Um, and yeah, I think they'll definitely be favourites coming at those legs. And that will be important for us because I think Klopp can. There's no way Carlo can play or Liverpool are superior because I think he did that in the final um, in the summer a bit. Whereas Klopp will just go, well, look, we're sick. You're top of the league, we're sick. You can't do this this time, Carlo. Another thing that kind of bothers me as well is the Jurgen Klopp versus Carlo Ancelotti um, stat. I don't think he has the best against him. Mm-hmm. Who do? But yeah, like, you know, every every manager has one where they kind of crumble out. And obviously for Pep, it's, um, it is Jurgen Klopp a little, mm-hmm. I'd say. I think that's fair. I think every manager has one. Uh, Jose, of course, had Pep. Um, Carlo Ancelotti is maybe Jurgen Klopp. So who is Carlo Ancelotti? It remains to be seen at the moment. But oh, yes. Rafa Benitez. <laughs> <laughs> Rafa Benitez. One apiece there. But um, yeah, again, that's that's something that is worth noting as well, right? Hello, I'm here to annoy you. I'm here to annoy you into listening to more of me and more of others on EPL Index. We don't just have the Anfield Index stuff. We've got EPL Index as well, which covers the entirety of the Premier League. And we have three podcasts and a whole bunch of really good writing on EPLindex.com. The podcasts are my own two-footed podcast, which is every day at 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, covering the whole league. We have a tad predictable hosted by Tadiwa. You know Tadiwa, he does Anfield Index. He presents a tad predictable before every Premier League match week. And then Kevin DeVries and his crew on the EPL roundtable, they're every week after the Premier League match week. So make sure you listen to everything we're doing on EPL Index and follow us there on Twitter at EPL Index. Thank you. Bye bye. No, it is a good point. Just is it Nap- even his Everton games because Napoli's a good team. 
Yeah. And we were still growing as a team. Even as and James were like, especially the Goodison ones were horrendously tragic, but he just made them tough to beat. I think he he's clearly figured out ways to beat Liverpool and it is to kind of disconnect the forward line from, from the team. Um and yeah, it's just fast people on the counter exposing the space behind the, the back line. And the Real Madrid team is basically built for that other than Benzema, but last year Benzema was a different beast. Mm. Um Yeah. It, it just is. I, I mentioned both teams, yeah. I think Carlo is clearly the bogey manager for, for Klopp. But um again, all all these records are due at some point. So. They are. They are. And that gives us confidence. So Guy, I'm gonna ask you um uh, hopeful, optimistic, confident, where are you in terms of how Liverpool overcome this one? I mean I'm you know, you I obviously like I said, Liverpool are the massive underdogs, but as a Liverpool supporter, I know that on their day or days, should I say in this instance, days, Liverpool can produce a monster performance and I still hold on to that hope. So I'm my head is saying something else, but my heart is saying Liverpool. Um, I think hopeful is the right word. I think mm-hmm. all logic you got to say Real Madrid. Yes. But it's the Champions League. Yep. Anything can happen. Yep. And I, I'm like just naive. I am expecting us to do stuff in January, which may revitalise us a bit. And. I, I don't want to say it, but say if we get a youngish centre mid and then his first Champions League stage is Anfield against Real Madrid, make a name for yourself, whoever it is, whether it's Casado, um, Corny from Gladbach, it's not that type of podcast to do this, but if we have someone like that in midfield, I think that will be such a, an uplift um, and it could be really interesting, but hopeful, Football's kind of defeated me this season. I'd say Real Madrid go through, but I don't think it'll be like a, a fun thing, which I'm kind of terrified of. Oh, I absolutely hate you, right? Because yeah, you started off so well, saying I fully expect Liverpool to be busy in the January window. I'm thinking, what has he had for breakfast? Because <laughs> yeah, I want that positivity. And then you dropped me on my head like that. I convinced myself <laughs> as I went along that it wasn't happening. <laughs> Yeah, you were kind of like the two voices in your head were kind of going up. <laughs> yep, yep, okay, debate there on on the podcast. So, Guy Drinkle, so we've talked about Liverpool there. I mean, I made a prediction in the last pod, didn't I, that I think a, a, a poor team might win it. And obviously some of these fixtures, I mean, so the Liverpool one obviously stands out. Um, uh, which other one stands out for you? I know what you're going to say. Yeah, PSG Bayern's the boring one, isn't it? Um Outside of that, though, I think it, Milan Tottenham could be quite good. Obviously, Conte, um, obviously yeah. has experience as Serie A manager. Of course, has a probably a personal gripe because he was Inter manager and Juve manager and mm-hmm. player. I think that one could be quite fascinating as well. You know. Yeah, because Milan are third in Serie A, aren't they at the minute? They've got second now. They've got second. Oh, yeah, yeah. Atalanta played massively, didn't they? Yeah. Um, yeah, it could be interesting. Just it's weird with Tottenham because it would would anyone be surprised if Conte is not there? <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's probably the one on paper that looks the most fun. I think it'll be interesting to see teams like Frankfurt v Napoli because obviously Napoli, if they were seen as the most fun team in Europe, probably still are. Obviously, um, 
But Frankfurt obviously had not a miracle run to the Europa League final, but uh, to winning the Europa League, I should say. But they just relied on that massive Germanic um, atmosphere where it was just absolute chaos. So it will be interesting. I don't. Napoli haven't made out the round of sixteen. I think that's right, or maybe that might be the quarterfinals. They haven't got past. Uh, yeah. Um. So that I think that'll be an interesting test for a team like Napoli because they will go into that game as clear favourites. But can they handle a big time atmosphere against a team that has shown in the lower competition that they can clutch games up and and and, and progress through the final? Hmm. No, absolutely. Watch this space, yeah. Whether they can deal with the ascendancy of doing something different to anybody else as done in the past for for Napoli, yeah. Um, I'm very intrigued by that one. Um, which other ones? I mean, Leipzig, City, Bruges, Benfica. We've already touched on Milan, Spurs, there. Frankfurt, Napoli. You touched on Dortmund versus Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea. I I like the fact they're having a bit of a wobble in the league now, and you know the weird experiments aren't quite working off, and um, you know Dortmund. Could could they stick it to Potter's men in in the Champions League? Do you think? Possibly, yeah. Because it's it's weird with Chelsea because it seems to have got worse the longer it's kind of gone on. Potter, obviously, the injuries. I mean, Rich James getting injured. I think he people probably maybe not Liverpool fans because we understand how key right backs can be to a team, but he is so key to them in in the way Trent is for us. Um, he may be back by then, obviously, but. It's weird because Chelsea's such a volatile club, and will Dortmund be able to do it without Jude Bellingham, who's joining Liverpool in January? <laughs> um, I think that might be an interesting one because I think that's the most unknown. Because Dortmund will Haller be back by then? I'm not sure. Obviously, cancer diagnosis. I'm not sure how long that may take. Yeah. Um, will they address that in January? In January, if Haller isn't um, coming back anytime soon. Um, but the young, exciting Dortmund team, Makoku, um, who's been linked with us recently, I think. Him against someone like Thiago Silva, it could be fun. But Chelsea, it's so weird watching them. Like watching Sterling play wing back, it's like Brendan Rodgers did that seven years ago, brother, and it didn't work then. Um, but no, I think that I think that could be fun. Um, yeah, and they've got an exciting striker in Mukuku as well. Yeah. So, you know, they've got a, a now. And in the league as well, they're acting pretty well, you know. Um, three points off the top, I believe. Uh, Bayern Munich have secured their position top of the league. That was to be expected, 28 points for them. Um, Dortmund currently fourth in, in the Bundesliga with uh, 25 points. Yeah, Bundesliga seems quite fun, doesn't it? I think. It does, yeah. Freiburg oh. sat second, and Union Berlin, who were top for quite some time, are currently third with 26 points. So, again, yeah, you're right. It just depends what, what kind of happens and what, what players come back. And also, um, Potter as well, in terms of um, whether he gets his his right players and players, the style as well. Um, it's, it's very, very intriguing. But I do like the fact that, you know, they do look vulnerable because I felt like there was just a bit too much, um, I don't know, Romanticism about the whole, you know, Potter and Chelsea. Mm-hmm. I actually like Potter before he went to Chelsea. I just want to put that out there. Inter versus Porto. Now, Inter, like on paper, you think, yeah, in, you know, when if you just look at that as a novice, and you think, yeah, Inter will beat Porto. But I mean, Porto lost um, last night to Juventus, who actually beat them there, uh, which was, you know, good for Juve, I say. But Inter are uh, very, very strange, disjointed side. 
Good lord, you know, they were down in seven. Um, is, there, is every other league just really close together apart from the Premier League? <laughs> it just seems <laughs> bad. Um, yeah, it's been weird for Inter, hasn't it? Because obviously Inzaghi kind of... I, it's been a disappointment. It's just really hard following on from Antonio Conte. Um, not winning the league last year and they're probably not going to win it this year by, by just going on a mad run. But I think they have had injuries because Lukaku's been out yep. most of the season, hasn't yep. he? Um, uh, I'm not sure who else has been out, but Lukaku was their big summer signing. And um, that, yeah, if that didn't work, it, it was going to maybe go stale. Um, but we, we, well, maybe not. We're probably the worst club to talk about the quality of Porto because we're their bogey team. Um, yep. Going back to the old conversation, but everyone else knows their record. They're really hard to beat at the drag out. Um, not sure what their away record's like, but um, people like Tarami, obviously the young talent, the keeper seems to have got over his match fixing days against us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I, I'd probably make Porto favourites for that one. Yep, same here. They're probably going to that and thinking, you know what, we can take these. A lot of confidence in that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I actually have, um, I think Benfica will, I think they play some really, really good football. I mean, the fact that they topped the group against PSG and, you know, they'll they look at Bruges and that's a really, really favourable tie for them. And now let's move on to PSG Bayern Munich. I mean, this is like the, the, the superstar kind of um, tie, right? In, in the sense that after us, it is this, mm-hmm. I mean, they're like kind of like joint, um, you know, people like Messi, Neymar. Mbappe, you know, much to prove, and Bayern Munich, who probably have like they'll feel themselves that they haven't, you know, produced enough in in the competition. I mean, yeah, they won it when obviously COVID struck us, and it was like you remember when it just turned really weird, and you know, it was a shame we lost to Atletico Madrid because I think we would have walked that 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 yeah. structure of the Champions League, but obviously that was the final, and of course, then the season after, these two played each other in the knockout stages, and PSG I think got the better of them, but. What what do you make of that? What what do you make of that tie? I mean, um, a lot riding on it. Messi will probably want to. I mean, he's actually he's a lot better this season than what he was last season. Yeah, maybe he is human, and it may have just taken him a year to resettle into a new country, new city after twenty odd years in Barcelona. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's gone back to his alien form. Maybe it might just be a World Cup thing. But this game is quite... I just hope UEFA do not put us on at the same night as this game. Because I'm sick of having to watch like Man City against Leipzig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same process. Are they going to have two games per... Yeah, they are, aren't they? they, they are they going to have it like alternating weeks? Because I, I don't... They I'm not usually do, but it might be different because of the World Cup. That is a good point. That is a very good point. Yeah, but hopefully, hopefully these aren't on at the same time as us because that would be annoying. Um, I think this is just going to be two good attacks against two poor defences. Mm-hmm. Because I think PSG's defence is well known. Ramos, he just has, he has Champions League genes, but he will get sent off at some point. But um, Kimpembe is dreadful. Hakimi and Nuno Mendes are really good going forward but can't defend. Whereas you look at Bayern, I mean, Upper McCarnell's not really developed since the boy made. Delict is Delict, who cares? 
at this stage, um, Lucas Hernandez has made out of Pringles, so you can't really be relied upon. So I think this may this may be a high scoring one. It just depends if Chupa Motting has one of his good days or bad days for England. But <clears throat> Mane had had Champions League vibe, uh, the blood in his veins as well, didn't he? So maybe that's his competition, but. I think he'd make Bayern the favourites just because they seem a bit more well-rounded, but we always say it. And now that Messi's back to being Messi, that front three against anyone should score. It's just mm. whether that front three breaks down the entire team structure. But I think if PSG beat Bayern, that may be enough of a promising sign to think they may be going to win it, the competition. Mm. Yeah, so for you, they, whoever wins that is pretty much the favourite. Then, if if we um, unless, we beat, win. <laughs> unless we win, unless we win, all right, that's fair. I mean, guy, any other thoughts on on the Champions League draw? Um, I want to know how much Man City bribes <laughs> for draws like this every time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like the. I'm pretty sure Man City have played Leipzig every year. It's, whether it's in the group or what, it just happens every year. But no, it's not even worth talking about. But yeah, Man City will win that comfortably. But no, I think outside of the two big games, it should be interesting because you mentioned maybe a dark horse either goes really far or wins the competition. And I think the draw kind of lends itself to that because I mean, maybe it might be worth predicting who we think go through. I'd, I'd probably say Man City. What do you reckon? Leipzig do they were surprised? Oh, I don't know. I can't see it happening, but I can't have Man City as favourites. Hmm. Benfica, Bruges. I'm gonna say Benfica, truly. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be realistic. Yeah. I think Man City will beat. Man City will beat Leipzig. I yeah. just don't want them to win the competition. Yep. And I, I'm agree. I'm in agreement with you there. And Benfica will. Um. Will do Bruges here. Milan or Tottenham. This one's really hard. This one's really hard. Like to me, this is like balance. I am going to go with my old school vibes and say mm. Milan. I'll say Milan as well because Conte does not do Champions League football, <laughs> does he? <laughs> and on that, that is is good enough. Yep. Yeah, Conte gets to the group stage and then he's like, that job one. done. That one, yeah. that one I have to think about a lot, yeah. I'm not going to lie. Frankfurt, Napoli. I'm going to say Napoli. Yeah. Frankfurt will be fun, but I just think Napoli are just going to, yeah. I think as long as, as long as there's no injuries and stuff at Napoli, I think they may be the dark horsey one. Um, Dortmund, Chelsea, I mean, we kind of went on it. I think this is the one that has the most unknowns because Dortmund yeah. always evolving Chelsea's new manager and who knows what they'll do in January with all their random money they've got. I think it's going to be really, really close, and I think it's going to be a last-minute winner by Obama Yang, which hurts me. Oh, God. I don't like that. But in, Inter against Portal? If Inter can sort their shit out, they've got a chance, because they do have quality players, but right now they can't. They just seem to be a group of like kind of players that are just playing together rather than a team, and Lukaku is a big... Um, is a big factor in all this as well. Mm. I mean, it's very easy to kind of predict it now. You don't know how the team will be in in February, but as things stand right now, I fancy Porto. 
Yeah, I'd agree with Paul. I, I didn't realise I, I missed saying my prediction. I'd say Chelsea for that one. Uh, PSG or Bayern? I'll, I'll go PSG. I think if they, I think they may get to the final at least this year if they beat Bayern. But if they don't, it wouldn't surprise anyone if Bayern win and win comfortably there. It'll be an odd one, but I'll say PSG. See, this one's really close as well because, like you said, they both have super, super strengths, but then they also have weaknesses. I'm gonna go for Bayern Munich purely for the Champions League pedigree. And also the fact that, you know, I'm going to rely on German efficiency and maybe they stick it to him this time round. And also um, them kind of um, establishing themselves on top of the league as well might make them a bit more comfortable to kind of go all out in, in the Champions League. Mm-hmm. And, and that's routine for PSG anyway, because they always seem to be on top of their league. But um, it's the Champions League where they're always the bridesmaid and never the bride and, you know, never quite do it there. So I am going to stick with familiarity and go with Bayern Munich. The boring safe trick. Yes. <laughs> and did did you give a prediction for our game? I can't remember. I said my head says Real Madrid because of everything that we've discussed. Yeah. But my heart, because of what you said, it is the Champions League. Yeah. On that day, Liverpool can do anything. So my, I'm going to lead with my heart this time. I'm going to say Liverpool. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it should be fun. It should be fun. It should be fun. So, um, yeah, some exciting things there in the Champions League. Um, uh, Liverpool, um, uh, the team that we really didn't want, we've got. It is what it is. I, I think it's a perfect summarisation of how the season's going, Guy Drinkle. Basically, yeah, we can't, we can't get it easy. Why can't we just get Portal? Although, I, I think I said last time we were on Portal, I just, we're, we're due against Real Madrid and Portal, we're due against us. It, it might work out in our favour. I was just going to say, guys, the way the season's been going, maybe playing a team where we probably are expected to beat them might go horribly wrong for us. Just look at Forest and Leeds, you know? So maybe yeah. we, need, we need a bit of a challenge. But, Guy, um, I think we've had a good little chit-chat there. My word, um, good having a therapy session with you, you know. Glad I got that off my chest. Listeners, hope you enjoyed it as well. Give us your thoughts. We'd love to hear your predictions. Do interact with us. Um, we will be back, obviously, um, in February with um, the post-match, and hopefully it is a Liverpool um, a thumping of Real Madrid, but Guy, before I let you go, anything you'd like to plug, where can people find you on social media? The floor is yours. Uh, at Guy Drinkle on the Twitters, uh, what have I got coming up this week? Uh, I'll be on Main Pod on Friday, Bad Films, this week's was, last week's was terrific, go check that out, the film's recommendation was just awful. Uh, so that'll be Friday, I presume, um, and I'll be on Two Footed on Friday as well to do the last Premier League prediction for for a couple of months. So yeah, Probably, yeah, uh, well, that'd be fun. But well, whilst I've got you, um, uh, just a brief thought on um, how delighted are you that the World Cup break is kind of coming as well? I need it. <laughs> I need the break. Uh, I may not watch every game, but I'd be lying. I probably would, but. I probably will be watching most of the games because, well, I'm stuck <laughs> listening to Dave every day as he tries to scramble around for content doing two footage. So I'll probably have games on in the background. Um, but yeah, it may not be the most fun world cup because, well, it's in the winter. Yeah. Just, it's so odd saying it, but the break from Liverpool and every game being so random. It, it just, it'd be nice to just watch boring England try and get a 1-0 win against Iran. 
I like it. I like the logic here, but I need a break as well. But guys, um, we will be having a little break from Europe. Hopefully the Reds can reset, some players come back, and we go to, we we take on Real Madrid in our best selves. Um, here talking anyway, guys. And um, thank you so much for listening. Take care. Till next time. Up for them. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.